Welcome to this week's podcast from the Equipping Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Jacob as well. Open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Tim, good to see you this morning. Tim's getting ready to head out to the Philippines. Finally, finally, after all the red tape and all that fun stuff, headed to the Philippines for the month of April. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1. We're starting a new series this morning, Positioned. How many of you know that in this season, we must be positioned correctly? We must know where we belong. We must know what we've been given access to. And so part one this morning in this series is access. Say access. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. But God, my two favorite words, being rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This text is so rich It's going to take me a while to unpack it. There is so much in this, but the the focus that I want to take this morning is this mind-blowing concept that I personally find almost impossible to comprehend. This phrase, seated with Him in heavenly places. Seated with Him in heavenly places. Now, the amazing part of this is that it's past tense is that phrase, is that it's something that has already been established. You were seated with Him in heavenly places. It means in the original language this, to give a seat in company with somebody else. And that happens in the heavenly places. When Christ saved you by grace, you were given a seat in His company. You were given access in the heavenly places, referring to the sphere of activity or the existence that is above to and in contrast with everything that is happening in the earth. This seat in heavenly places is a place of administration. It's a place of authority. It's where God brings to us His influence of wisdom and of power. You were seated with Christ in heavenly places. I want to look at another passage. Turn just a page over, Ephesians 3, verses 8 through 10. Ephesians 3, verse 8, begins like this. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to enlighten all people as to what the plan of the mystery is which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things, so that the multifaceted wisdom of God 
might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. Now Paul is himself seeking to fully understand this incredible concept. He says, me, the least of all these people, the one who used to kill these people, has been given a grace to preach the unfathomable riches of Christ. Something that we cannot fathom in our own understanding. He says, that grace has been given to me to preach to all people. I have the calling, the responsibility to enlighten, to bring understanding concerning this administration. This seating in heavenly places. This management. I mean, there's so much here. We're talking about a mystery that for ages was not understood. For ages. And then he says, this mystery is now revealed through who? Through the church. We have been given the responsibility, the authority, seated in heavenly places to make known the mystery of this grace. To make known this mystery. And that now it is being revealed and understood and it has a connection to the church and to all that is influenced in the heavenly places. And we need to understand that we are seated there. I want to stay with this for a moment. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ when he ascended, was then seated by his heavenly Father at his right hand in these heavenly places. Ephesians 1.20 says this, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So I want to paint a picture for you this morning as we dive into this understanding. Number one, there is an administration, government, management, however you want to look at it, occurring in the heavenly places. There is a place of authority in the heavenly places. Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father. There is this place of authority. Number two, it is in those heavenly places that God the Father is influencing the affairs of heaven and earth. That from that place of authority, there is influence both in heaven and on earth. Number three, His Son Jesus is sitting there with His heavenly Father at His right hand. We need to understand this. Right hand is always symbolic of authority in Scripture. That is what it always points to. So Jesus is sitting there with His heavenly Father at His right hand. This is not a passive thing. This is clearly an authoritative position. It's one where government is being exercised. Number four, we as born-again believers are also there seated with Christ. So when we understand there is a place... In the heavenly places, the throne room of God, where authority is released, and Jesus is sitting there, and then he says this incredible statement, and we also are seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 1.13 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So let's lay this out. Again, there is a heavenly place where Jesus is seated in a place of authority, in a place of management that influences influences both heaven and earth. And we have been seated there with Him. And in that place, we have been given access to every spiritual blessing that He has paid for. So the obvious conclusion is this. 
we being seated there are in a governmental position, a position of spiritual authority in the heavenly places with legal access to every spiritual blessing. And yet, the church by and large seats themselves in earthly affairs and has no authority to exercise the authority of heaven. Because we have lived from a perspective that we are looking up rather than looking down. We are often looking up, waiting for some breakthrough to come down when we actually have been seated above all the circumstances. We've been seated above everything that has temporal value. When we understand that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, we begin to exercise the authority from the seat of authority. as the heavenly father brings order because this is a place of disorder if we look at our world it is a place of disorder excuse me we can go back to genesis 1 when the spirit of god began to hover over what was there was void and without form that word hover also has this connotation the holy spirit took a seat he began to sit upon that which had no, no form, that which was in chaos. Our lives are often surrounded by chaos, but I've come to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit, who has seated us with Christ in heavenly places, wants to begin to take a seat over the issues in our lives, and that if we will begin to recognize where we have already been seated, because we were once dead in our trespasses, but Jesus saved us by grace to seat us in a place of authority and has given us access to every spiritual blessing we would begin to view life very differently that administration does not take place from earth to heaven but it takes place from heaven to earth whatsoever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven whatsoever you loose in heaven is loosed on earth when we begin to understand our spiritual authority because we've been given access we are so often praying prayers of begging God to do something He's already done. He's already healed you. He's already delivered you. It's already taken place. All we have to do now is appropriate by faith because we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. The church, by and large, I've really been in this this season and Pastor Anna and I have been talking about what happened between the generation that when they prayed, things happened, and the generation we're walking in today. What happened? What was the disconnect that happened between people like Jack Coe and A.A. Allen and, and those who walked in great miracles and saw these things? And what happened is, is that they did not teach the principles they lived by. They understood something. They understood that they had been given access. They understood that Jesus had paid the full price. I think sometimes so many of us are living as though we still have to pay a price that Jesus has already paid. 
Now, is the life of following Christ one of consecration and holiness? Absolutely. Please don't hear me, hear me incorrectly because there is a teaching out there that you can live however you want and still have all the blessing. That, that's not how it works. We can't live like the world Monday through Saturday, put on our makeup and church face on Sunday <clears throat> and just come and get the thrills and chills and then go live however we want. That's not what it means to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. Those behaviors, that lifestyle, that those things aren't in Christ. So when we behave that way, behavior is a symptom of an identity. So when we behave in certain ways, in certain sinful lifestyles, and those things that we battle, it's because we've taken ourselves out of our seat with Christ. But when I live from the reality that I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, I approach life in a completely different manner. Because I begin to recognize this sin struggle that I have has no authority over me. This sickness that I'm battling has no authority over me. So we have to begin to recognize those things. That as the heavenly Father who brings administration to earth from heaven and Christ seated at His right hand, and that we are also seated with Christ, that we are equipped to assist with this administration having been given every spiritual blessing. Now this all sounds out there somehow. This seems so distant and so far away. And what relevance does that have to us? What importance to the here and now? Because here I am struggling to pay my mortgage. Or here I am struggling to fill up the gas tank in our world that is so in shambles at the moment. An economy that is ready to absolutely collapse. I'm sure Bryant knows this one well. Driving trucks and diesel being however expensive it is and just getting higher, we need to pray for him. Y'all pray that there's some breakthrough in that regard. But I think we're all feeling that. I mean, inflation at the highest it's ever been in our nation. The highest and just getting higher. But let me tell you something, folks. I think we're too focused on this economy. I think we are way too focused on the issues that we are facing in the temporal. Because I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places where heaven's economy has no lack. Okay, so gas goes $15 a gallon. I have a father who owns the cattle on a thousand hill. I have a father who makes every provision. My, my paycheck may not be enough to pay what I need it to pay, but I have a father who is more than enough. And when I understand that where I'm seated, where I'm seated, I may not feel it, but I think we've come to a point in our, in our current Christian culture where it's become about feeling. You know, I've heard some of the greats say, I feel no anointing when I pray for the sick and yet they get healed. I feel nothing when I'm in worship and yet God moves through me. I think we are so moved by our feelings that we miss what God wants to do because it's not about what we feel, it's about where we're seated. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. I have a place at the table of the Lord. He's already prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. 
My enemy of lack. My enemy of sickness. He's already prepared the table for me. It already took place at the cross of Calvary. But I live so often like I'm seated at this table. I live so often as though I have no authority. I live so often as though I'm begging God to give me access. He tore the veil 2,000 years ago. Stop living as though the veil has been shut. You don't live under an open heaven. You live in an open heaven. You need to understand that. Stop begging God to open something He already opened. He said, I will rend the heavens. When did he do that? When he went into the waters of baptism to declare that he was the Messiah. Jesus wasn't being baptized for the remission of sin. He was being baptized to declare, I've come to purify the water. You need to understand what he did at that moment. For years they'd been baptizing people. But when Jesus came into the waters of baptism, he was cleansing the water so that when you and I Go into the waters of baptism. We might be cleansed. He was doing away with an old way of thinking. When he came to the wedding at Cana, why did he call for the stone water pots? He couldn't do something that was porous, that would absorb. He was doing something that would cleanse for eternity. That when we would take a drink, we would automatically be seated with Christ in heavenly places. We live so often as though Jesus didn't pay high enough a price. We live so often as though the price he paid wasn't enough. But he paid the ultimate price. The relevance is enormous when we understood when we understand this because behind all of this are the realities of spiritual authority. Behind this is our spiritual access to God. Behind this are the spiritual blessings referred to in Ephesians 1. Behind this is what we can do and receive as believers. See, I don't fast to get God to move on my behalf. I fast to get myself in the right place. Fasting doesn't move the hand of God. Fasting moves you. Because He already moved. I love something that Donna said last week. She said, revival isn't coming. Revival's here because you've shown up. Where I go is revival. Because what is revival by definition? It is dead things coming to life. Wherever I go, dead things should be coming to life. See, understanding that when I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, it is about what is legally ours in the Spirit. In prayer, in daily living, once we become The believer, the issue is most believers are living below their potential, both in spiritual advancement, effectiveness, and prosperity, simply because they don't understand their legal and spiritual position and what that means for them. Now, now let me be clear about something. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel, but what I am preaching is the gospel that he paid for it all. And when I live from that reality, it doesn't mean that I live in spiritual witchcraft expecting that when I tithe, I hit the spiritual lottery. That's not how it works. I think for too long we've had this mixed teaching when it comes to offerings and tithes and all those things. What I am saying is that whatever I have need of, I've already been given. Whatever I have need of, 
healing, prosperity, whatever it is, I've already been given that through the cross of Calvary. He's already paid the price for it. Let me illustrate it in this way. I'm a policeman. I'm in my uniform. I have all the gear. I have the handcuffs, the baton. I have the badge. I come across a person committing a crime. Perhaps they're robbing the church, and I'm there to stop the crime. I walk over to the man to arrest him, and I tell him to stop what he's doing. Put your hands behind your back. And he looks at me, he looks at my uniform, and he says, who are you to tell me to stop what I'm doing? My mistake would be at that moment to go, you're right, who am I? I I don't know who I am. Define me for a moment. Give me some definition. And then at that point, I go, I'll just keep doing what you're doing because I need to go figure out who I am. I've got all the tools. I've got the badge of authority. I've got the identity. I've already gone through the training to get to that point. But when I'm faced with an enemy and the enemy begins to question my identity, I just turn and walk away. That is how most believers live. You've got the costume. You've got the badge of authority. You've got the sword of the spirit. You've got all the armor that he's given you. And yet when you come to face an enemy and the enemy says, who are you? You go, I don't know. Let me go figure it out. And the enemy continues to pillage your life. The enemy continues to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and that to more abundantly. The abundant life is found in knowing who we are. The abundant life is found in knowing who he is and the price that he's paid for us. But we live so far below that so often. The illustration is obviously ludicrous. Because I have position. I have authority, I have the equipment, I have the backing of the government, I have the right to intercept the crime, but I have to know that in order to utilize the power. I have to understand I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. And that is exactly as it is in the kingdom of God. To exercise spiritual authority and influence, you must first understand your position and legal rights. Here's a practical example of this. I often come across Christians but I'm talking about deliverance from demons and all sorts of objections come from them. I don't feel as though I could cast out a demon. What if the demon doesn't come out? What if I'm one of the seven sons of Sceva who became possessed when they tried casting out demons? Will I end up getting possessed myself? I don't feel my prayers would work. I don't have the same confidence as you. I just wouldn't be confident to do it. And the objections keep flowing. Why would a believer think like that? Why would we be intimidated by puny little demons? Because it's really an expression of our ignorance regarding our spiritual positioning. We don't recognize our seat of authority. When we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, we are in a governmental position. We are already placed in the realms of the Spirit in a place of great authority and influence. God has already equipped and empowered us to exercise spiritual authority. We are there with Christ, with Him at the right hand of the Father, called to exercise spiritual impact. You need to understand that this morning. You don't have to be intimidated by the enemy. He's defeated. And having already been blessed, you have already been blessed. That's what Ephesians says. Having already been blessed with every spiritual blessing. In this position, it is our testimony to the reality that all the equipment needed to accomplish this task is already given to us. So the call is to live higher. 
The call is to live higher in attitude and function. And the first implication of that is what we're talking about this morning. Access. Access. Our declared position means we have access to God at all times. In the Spirit, God sees us seated with Christ. Christ seated at His right hand, therefore close, accessible, able to easily and immediately connect with God. It's a point of great struggle for many believers. Let's be real. That is a point of struggle. I mean, those who were here for pre-service prayer, no, I was in that this morning. I walked in, I'm like, man, it just feels heavy in here. Just, I don't feel the presence of God. What, what is going on? And so I threw on that old Pentecostal song, but it, it was all about perspective. When I soar like an eagle, that, was what, that which was a mountain seems like a hill. When I get to the right perspective. So many of us often say, I don't feel close to God. God doesn't hear my prayers. I just don't seem to have the authority as others. I feel my prayers are ineffective. I I don't feel confident to pray to God that He will hear and accept me. Now, here's, here's another ludicrous example this morning. Imagine, if you will, Anna and I are sitting alone under the stars. Anna wanting to talk to me, me wanting to talk to her. I'm on her right side. I'm about to share something deep in my heart. Here's my wife. We've been married for 12 years. I'm about to share something deep in my heart, but I have this thought. Ah, she's not even there. She's right there. But I think to myself, ah, she's not even there. She's not available. She's not going to talk back to me. We're there. We're in the moment. We're connecting. And all of a sudden, I have the thought, ah, she's not there. And she's right there. I'm right there on her right side. I'm seated at the right hand of my wife. But I think, oh, she's not going to listen to me. That's the mentality of most believers. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. Access to the throne at any time. Let's turn to another scripture. Ephesians 2. We're, We're jumping ahead in Ephesians 2. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who previously were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the hostility which is the law composed of commandments expressed in ordinances so that in himself he might make the two one new person in this way, establishing peace that he might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it, having put to death the the hostility and he came and he preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near for through him. Here we go. We both have our access in one spirit to the father. So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Gosh, that's good. What are the keys? Number one, you were already brought near. You who are far away were brought near. Number two, all dividing walls between God and ourselves are broken down. There is no longer a dividing wall. Number three, 
we now have access to the Father. Remember earlier our scripture in Ephesians 3, it continues in verse 12, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. Boldness and confident access. As I close this morning, I want to leave you with a couple thoughts. Our position determines our level of access. You need to get that this morning. When you view your life as though you're not positioned with Christ in heavenly places, you will live as though you have no access to the spiritual blessing. And that's a travesty for many in the church. They live as though they're seated in the temporal, but you're seated in the eternal. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. The second thing is our attitude determines our appropriation of this opportunity. I've chosen to live with an attitude that I'm his favorite. You're his favorite too, but I'm his favorite. And when I live from that reality, I'm his favorite. Eden always, I actually started a bad trend with the kids. I would ask him, who's your favorite? That was a bad idea. Because now they flipped it. Well, who's your favorite? So my answer is always, well, you're my favorite Eden. And you're my favorite Kai. And you're my favorite Evelyn. You're my favorite Everett. You're my favorite Kyle. But when I live as though I'm his favorite, I'm seated with him. I have access. And my attitude is such. Have you ever met a spoiled kid? They get what they want, right? Now, I'm not talking about fleshly spoiled here. But when I'm in right relationship with my seat, I'm seated with him. When I live from that reality, then I boldly come to the throne. Seeking to obtain mercy in a time of need. I can boldly. Daddy! This is what I need. And then he gives me authority to exercise that. What a reality. We are in the prime position in relationship to God the Father to access him for our every need and request. It's one of my favorite verses, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My peace comes not from the world, but from Him. Because I'm seated with him. I've been given access. This morning I want you to stand. You gotta understand that, church. You gotta walk in that reality. You are seated with him. If you need prayer this morning, you need a miracle in your body, you need God to move in your life, whatever it is this morning, I'm gonna have time for that. 
This is what I want you to do right now. I just want you to put your hand on your heart. I'm going to lead you through two things. I'm going to lead you through a repentance. And I'm going to lead you through a boldness. So I want you to start with this. Jesus, I repent for getting out of my seat. I return to the reality that I'm seated with you. I receive today every spiritual blessing that's already been paid for. Today, I will boldly come before your throne because I've been given access. I'm seated with you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning, you've never made a decision to follow Christ. Maybe you did and you've walked away. You want to be restored to that this morning. I want to invite you to do that. You may be watching by the live stream this morning. You've never made a decision to follow Christ. I want us to pray a prayer in just a moment. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's Jesus that saves you. But this is a good entry point into a relationship with Him. If you've never made that decision, or perhaps you made that decision, but you've walked away, I want you to pray this with me. Church, let's pray in concourse this morning. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for the price you paid. I choose to walk with you in everything that you paid for. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Or visit www.equippingchurch.us.